Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to this, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm JB, and I am coming to you in a week where England have gone undefeated in three consecutive tests, Australia get battered by the Scots, Wales lose to New Zealand again, and Sale Sharks get that all-important home win. But do you know what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about none of it, because this episode is going to be purely dedicated to our trip to the World Rugby Awards, which we sort of covered last time, but maybe not in the greatest depth. So, to help me break it all down, down the line, it's Tim Cocker. Hello, Timothy. Hello, Jay from the Egg Chasers TMO shipping container. Now, first things first, mate. We've got no Phil because he seems to be making up for the fact he didn't go drinking with us on Saturday <laughs> by going drinking on his own in town tonight. So there is no Phil. We did track him down after an hour's worth of calling and phoning his wife. Turns out he's in town getting hammered. So there we go. Drinking on his own. That sounds like a cry for help. Well, he might not be. That might not be exactly true, but we'll go with it. Hey. <laughs> I like that. That's how disappointed he was. That's that's why I think pushed him over the edge. He was disappointed he couldn't come to Nice and Monaco with us. Exactly. And then list then listening back and hearing us chatting to Bowden Barrett. Well, well, no one's listened. To, my, <laughs> no one's listened no one. to us chat to Bowden Barrett yet, mate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened with that podcast, uh, but I can only apologise. But he heard us chatting to uh, Richie McCaw and um and eddie jones yeah and he saw he saw on our facebook page that we chatted to Bowden barrett amongst others and that, that just pushed him over the edge and ever since he's been on a a one-man binge uh, in manchester <laughs> city center now i don't <laughs> want to put out the wrong idea to listeners so i did listen back to the podcast that we put out because somebody mentioned that we sounded a bit drunk now this is god's honest truth now and you'll back me up on this tim up until after the interviews what, we had maybe one Heineken? This is absolutely true. This is, I, honestly, I suppose it, honestly, it was, I just think we were so tired by the end of it. <laughs> it is possibly, I mean, someone who knows alcohol poisoning and stuff will, will know how long alcohol stays in your system because it was a, it was a big night the night before. But that, that, but I, I completely agree. I, I, I will back up what JB says. There was we no took... drinking involved yeah, on the day of the World Rugby Awards. Well, I mean, no, not on the day. I mean, we had maybe two Heine- two bottles of Heineken, maybe max, 
during our interviews and doing the podcast. But do you know what? It was just such a long day. And also, I think this sounds so childish. I was so excited going in. I was almost burnt out by the time that I'd finished. Well, yeah, also because we decided, well, we decided we save ourselves about 80 quid by getting a train to Monaco rather than a taxi. Yeah, it's true. And, uh, but, but that meant about a three-mile walk around the winding F1 streets <laughs> of Monaco. Yeah. Um, Satnav doesn't work too well, does it, when you're overlaid by five or six tunnels? So. It's an engineering feat, isn't it, Monaco? Yeah, well, I've said this before. Uh, it's a thing that rich people do. Rich people live on the side of hills just to show off that they're rich enough to build there. No, well, no other reason you'd do it. It's, it's an interesting uh, place. The, the hotel was opulent and amazing and um, an interesting setting um, for for the World Rugby Awards. Um, fantastic night. And so, yeah, we, we, we on the last podcast, we just played you a little flavour of some of the chats that we had, but we thought we'd get into it a little bit more here. Absolutely. So, actually, do you know what? Let's not keep anyone waiting any longer. Here is our chat, which never made it to the main podcast. Well, the first podcast with Bowden Barrett. Shall we start there? Let's start with uh, the World Player of the Year. There we go. Uh, Bowden, congratulations on your award. Um, not a bad place to start. A little bit of downtime, is it, Monaco? Yeah, exactly. I wish we were here for longer. Um, unfortunately, well, fortunately, I'm going to Tokyo for an EDS uh, commercial, so um, it's a beautiful city. Um, it's great that we were able to come here this year. Hopefully we can do it again and maybe make it a, a week-long trip. Well, so when you're the work in Tokyo with Adidas is done, you must have some downtime plan. What are you doing? Yeah, we have, um, I think, eight weeks before we return back to, to camp. Um, uh, I just, when I get home, I play golf, um, catch up with friends and family, work on my tan, love, I love swimming <laughs> and uh, love the beach. Uh, uh, how's your handicap? Uh, it struggles this time of the year because um, I need to play you know, every second week or regularly to, to get it down. So it's a, it's a six at the moment. Um, That's annoyingly good, isn't it? Annoyingly good. Oh, it's good enough to appreciate the, <laughs> the good, uh, beautiful courses we play when we travel the world. So, Bowden, I'm um, I'm a, a proud Englishman, England fan, um, and next year can't come soon enough for the for the yeah. World One Two Showdown. Is that something you're excited about as well? Oh, of course. Um, you know. The way England are playing at the moment, it's great to see. Um, the style of footy they're playing, it's it's awesome. So, yeah, it's a long way to wait. Um, but, yeah, it's an opportunity for us to get better as a team as well uh, before then. Well, I know time's very, very short. So, um, I know that one thing, there's, you know, you, you talk about World Cups, uh, Lions Series, Super Rugby titles, uh, World Player of the Year, whatever. Um, we just... Uh, I'd like to offer you a, 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 the, 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 egg, the coveted the egg, egg chasers tie. Club tie. So, oh, um, uh, you know, that's, that's, really, that's, what, that's what you really wanted. That's what you really wanted. <laughs> Appreciate um, it. Uh, Bowden, thank you so much for your time. Cheers, guys. Well done on your award. And enjoy thank Tokyo. You. And now you're now immortal. Yeah, <laughs> Top man. That is Bowden Barrett. What a nice man. It, well, he was a lovely guy. Um, big golf enthusiast. Um, yeah. very well media trained he almost said unfortunately I've got to go and do an Adidas advert I, I mean fortunately I've got to get to Tokyo and do an Adidas advert I love the golf trip uh, where, like I don't know what the media training is all about but it's about being as enthusiastic as you can for as long as possible so I love golf which is great <laughs> because I can play all the lovely courses in the world which are so lovely yeah, it's good, good. 
But... And I mean, we, we gave away the spoiler. Um, people didn't hear the interview, but they heard us saying, "Hey, Bowden Barrett, he got himself an egg chaser's tie." So that wasn't that's not going to be a surprise to anyone that listened uh, to the podcast on Monday morning. He, but yeah, he, he, he now put has that tie in his pocket. I thought he was going to scrumple it up and put it into a wood chipper immediately, <laughs> or just hand it to a minion. Well, yeah, like, well... get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, and then sanitize <laughs> his though. hands. He's at least polite, right? I tell you what, that, this, this tells you everything about the, the rugby people. Bowden Barrett, at the very least, waited till we were out of sight before he threw it in a wood chipper. Exactly, and sanitised his hands. Yeah, <laughs> but what a good guy! What a good guy! Yeah, and a well-deserved winner. It must, it must be said. It, 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 it should be said. Just wh- while we sort of talk about these uh, award winners and stuff, did you see the Sports Personality of the Year nominations? Um, I've seen your tweet about them. I don't take any notice of the sports personality of the year nominations because it's so right on and it's so it's so not about sport. It doesn't interest me. I, I only like rugby. I only, I only like the sport side of it. I have no time for laces. I have no time for anything like that. All I care about is sport. So sports personality to me does not tick any boxes. Shall I just remind you, you were at the World Rugby Awards at the weekend? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, no. So... The World Rugby Awards about rugby, yeah? The yeah, sport, oh, I, see, I see. The sports okay. personality is like, oh, this, I don't know. It's not about sport. I think we can all agree on that. Well, I'd, I'd say that a lot of the people that have been nominated um, would be there on merit. What? How many Tour de France championships has taught, uh, Chris Froome now got? And Anthony Joshua won the World Heavyweight Championship. And there's other very, very worthy potential winners. Yeah. And, the, the, the footballer that got nominated just scored more goals than anyone else in the Premier League this year. That's the only he, accolade he has. I hate to ruin this feed. Doesn't he not have some sort of goal-scoring record for England? I'm sure he's got. No, some that league. was Wayne. Wayne Rooney broke the England goal-scoring record. I'm sure, Harry Kane's like got the most goals and things like. I, do you know? What? I don't care. I don't care, and I refuse to talk about it on on this. Well, okay. Well, 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 I'm just going to mention it. He. <laughs> what point is he? He may have scored the most goals in the Premier League. Yeah. But he hasn't, he hasn't, and he was nominated for the World Player of the Year award, but he hasn't won a European title, he hasn't won a Six Nations Championship, and he hasn't been part of an England team which has lost, won all but one game uh, in the last two years, which can be which can be said for Maru Itoji, Maka Vinopola and Owen Farrell. So I was very disappointed for the populist Harry Kane getting on the nominations list and no rugby union player. Although Marcus Smith is on there as the young uh, personality of the year. Yeah, which is bizarre. You're right there, actually. Uh, Sean O'Loughlin, I think, should be on the list. And I think Owen Farrell, out of those two rugby union players, should be on the list. And do you know what? What about Jonathan Davis? I mean, if Lee Hawkins... Jonathan Davis is a great shout. Again, I didn't even mention the Lions tour, obviously, when I was talking about those accolades. Jonathan Davis, yeah. He'd be a good shout. Although... Oh, he won, a, he won a domestic title, didn't he? He'll he, probably get Welsh Sports Personality of the Year, oh, something like that. Big deal, what? Between between some rugby players and a snooker player or something? <laughs> who, who cares? Oh, no, actually, the Welsh... I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about it. Right, <laughs> there we go. I almost almost <laughs> wound you into it, then. Yeah, you did. Um, well right, done. come on, then. Right, OK, enough. We're going to move on from Welsh football and snooker. I think we should get on to a, uh, another... One of our interviews, we've done men's player of the year, and I think we should go into women's player of the year. And also, one of the most engaging people that we met, actually. I would agree with you on that. So, this is Paul... Oh, 
just before we go into this, uh, Porsche, who sorry, Porsche Woodman, who won Woman's Player of the Year, isn't only a fifteens uh, genius, also amazing at sevens. So her season is literally twelve months a year. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, you're right. So here we go. This is Porsche Woodman. Uh, Portia, congratulations on your award. I'll tell you what, pop that on the table so we can, yeah. so we can see it. There we go. Beautiful, beautiful. What does that mean to you? Uh, it, I think it's just the icing on the cake. You know, our team has been performing really well this year. Even though we lost to England in our June series, we came back in the World Cup and we're like, yeah, we're going to bring it this time around. So without this, without my team, I wouldn't be receiving this award. Now, I, we're just chatting. Unlike the, the men's team, you can't put your feet up. No, not at all. So... Um, 15s is finished. Um, now, tomorrow we're here to Dubai for the start of the World 7 Series. So, how many physios and masseurs are you taking around with you to, to stay fit? That's a, what a workload. Yeah, you know, we, we have the choice. We can choose whether we want to just play 7s, just play 15s, or play both of them. And I've, I've chosen to play both because both games transfer into each other. Um, I've learned a lot playing 15s that helps me with 7s and vice versa. Um, so, there's no way I would have just stopped after sevens. Um, now you often hear weird little bits of information about people, and mm-hmm. I've just heard this um, heard this one about you now. Yeah. Um, tell me about the 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 rock which you keep in your boots. Oh yes. Um, so when I first made the team, my parents gave me a hangi rock. So a hangi is, I don't know if you know much about it. No, but nothing. Maori, we we dig a hole in the ground, uh-huh. stick some food in it with hot rocks on top and that cooks our food and so my parents gave me uh, a little piece of the rocks that we used to cook our food with um, to give to me to put in my rock into, into my boot or just travel around the world with me just so that I have a bit of New Zealand bit of Aotearoa with me whenever I travel around the world that's so cool yeah it's a beautiful story has it ever um, <laughs> you know, um, caused you a slight injury as you're gassing in for a try <laughs> no lucky enough in the bottom of our boot there's like a little cubby hole that that perfectly fits my rock so I'm, I'm lucky enough that it just sits in there have you become now that you're world that now that you're world player of the year do you have enough clout to actually get the bootmakers to have a special compartment um editors if you're listening that'd be really great yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about this event then um it must just be mind-blowing to be in a room and just strolling around and yeah. What well, do you get? Do you because I wouldn't be able to stop myself from getting the odd selfie here and there, have oh, you? Mate, I'm gonna fangirl totally tonight. You know, who, like we who, have, who are you most fangirling? I think still Dan Carter. You know, he is the man. He's still a babe. You know, <laughs> he is so hot. Um, he's Richie McCaw, Victor Vito, all those players. He's just out there, and I'm not gonna be shy and hide away from it. I'm gonna be taking selfies for sure tonight. Good. And the the, the women's game has had a pretty amazing year, but. With this year ahead, with a, with a Sevens World Cup and everything thrown into the mix, it could be a huge year ahead. Yeah, yeah. Like we have we have the World Cup, we have the Com Games, we have the World Series, and then also the Olympics in 2020. So, yeah, it's going to be an incredible ride. Um, my parents are already going to the Com Games, whether I am or not. So no pressure to me. <laughs> um, but you know, like it's, it's it's going to be a it's an it's an awesome ride. You know, and these girls. We have such an awesome development group coming through that they're pushing for our positions. You know, no one is ever safe. So I think that's the best thing for our culture. Well, with with that on your mantelpiece, yeah, maybe on paper at least you're safe for the time being. On paper, we'll say uh, that. Congratulations <laughs> on your rewards. Uh, enjoy your evening. Um, we need to let you go so you can go fangirl Dan Carter. Thank you. Thanks yeah, totally. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you Thank you.
There we are, mate. We've only interviewed um, men's player of the year and women's player of the year. That's not too bad, is it? Portia Woodman is an absolutely incredible athlete. Uh, it's only since the World Rugby Awards, in my total ignorance, that I've done a little bit of research on on this person. Again, because you mentioned she was very, very engaging. She is uh, an absolutely incredible athlete. Yeah. Do you know what, as well? I think she's the perfect um, ambassador for the game. Because of her media presence, as well. Now, it shouldn't all be about... You know, media presence, because otherwise, of course, James Haskell would be World Player of the Year five times running. But she <laughs> is genuinely the best player in the world, and she actually gets you enthusiastic and uh, engaged with the game. So, top work all round. Yeah. Um, do you know who I found very engaging and interesting? I'd like to put my hand up and say, can we hear from the Sevens Player of the Year, Perry Baker? You mentioned Portia Woodman is amazing at Sevens as well. Yep. Um, Perry Baker, talk about big characters. He is the kind of game, he's the kind of character that you can pin an entire world game on. And certainly for the for the continent of North America, or that, um, the, this is a guy that, that can have a massive part to play in a huge year ahead for oh, completely, Sevens Rugby. Completely agreed. The Mexicans are well into him. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we just play Perry Baker? Play Perry Baker. There we go. Um, we're, we're in the presence of Perry Baker. How are you doing, Perry? Well, 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 wait, wait, wait. The best dressed man in World Rugby Awards, Perry Baker. Get it right. <laughs> Therefore, the best dressed man in World Rugby. Are you happy with that accolade? <laughs> sure. I mean, uh, I hope I held, held up to the bar from Mike Friday. He told me to go and dress like him. Yeah. <laughs> strong. It's strong look. I think you better dress than Mike Friday. All yeah. right. I'll take sure, that. I'll sure. take that. Are you ready? I mean, it's been an amazing year, 2017, but are you ready for the year ahead? Because this is going to be something else. Uh, definitely. I mean, uh, a goal for ours was always break into the top four. And that's all we talked about. But now we're talking about winning shiny things. We need cups, you know. So the guys are excited. I mean, uh, we're ready to play. The preseason's been really long. We're, we're over playing against each other. We want to just get out there and play. I mean, when you when you get to play rugby, you have fun. I mean, so, yeah, I'm ready for it. And then, of course, July next year, extra special. I mean, a Sevens World Cup's a, a big moment anyway, but at home. Oh, it'll be amazing. I mean, we, we get to play in our country just one time out of the year, but get to do it a, a second time, is, is, it's, a, it's amazing. I mean, we have players who grew up there in the Bay Area, so have their family and friends there. I mean, it'd be good to take take away a shiny thing there. Yeah, it's going to be something else. How are, you, how are you finding the perception of rugby in America, and how is it how is it start, start, starting to grow? How is that manifesting itself? Uh, you have more... Uh, more of the youth playing it now instead of just having men's club it's starting in the youth and that's what we needed uh, once we get it in high schools I feel like the sky's the limit for it I mean for the simple fact like after high school you go to college and you have all the sports you want in college but you don't have those coming out of high school so if you get them in the high school it definitely help change it change the game for rugby in the states with the pure athletes that america has i'm terrified that the states <laughs> takes it seriously yeah, i you, think we're done for take it easy actually yeah yeah i don't know about all that i mean uh, rugby is a different type of game i mean it's everyone's like the quarterback uh how i like to look at it every because you have to be thinking and know everything that's going on versus in football it's just one personal quarterback and know everything that's going on no you've got a football background yourself yeah yes 
What sort of athletes do you think transition better in better into rugby? Because I, I'm not always convinced that there is the football guys that are, that are probably most suited to it. I would say it'd be uh, basketball players or wrestlers. I say, wrestlers, yes. And I and I say wrestlers for the simple fact of with the breakdown of the game. And I'll say uh, basketball because you have five people on this tight court and they're all tall you know so you your space is limited so if you think about 15 you don't have space like that and versus sevens once you do have space though and then once someone learn how to take away your space how do you get out of it so that I feel like that goes hand in hand with basketball because you're in this small area and you got just a lot of one-on-ones and trying to beat your opponent you know so I feel like wrestlers and basketball players be great is that same rugby culture that, that, that we love, is that um, coming through in the States? Is that what's attracting people to it? Oh, definitely. I mean, the, the, the dressing up on Saturdays and stuff and Sundays, you know, like the fans love it. I haven't talked to a fan that doesn't love rugby. For the first time they've ever seen it, they in love instantly. I mean, it's just just how close it is. It's a, it's a family all the way around, you know, like from the fans. Like we have fans that travel with us, that live in the state, that travel with us to every tournament. How crazy is that? This thing's... I see a fan that's from England that travels everywhere all the time, every tournament, and that's what that's what it's about, you know, just sticking together and just being a family, just being one big camaraderie, just being close. Amen, Amen to that. Now, and, but this year, for you particularly, is, is just going to be crazy. Are you ready to see a 100-foot big poster on the side of a building, a view? <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, it's pretty cool to see that. It'll be a great experience, but I'm all about playing and winning, but just the, to have that, that'd be great, though, just because that's something that we can share as a, as, as a whole from coaches and my teammates and family and friends well you got one bit of silverware here and Perry Baker thank you so much for your time thank you top man there we go now I don't know if in that clip we did it we did his outfit justice it was black tie he was in in Prince of Wales check with a matching bow tie that's quite something sharp character and um, I I just want to mention at this point that um, because we mentioned it there the, the World Cup Sevens World Cup is going to be in San Francisco in July. Mm. Tickets for that event, and it's a three-day World Cup event. Okay. Tickets are on sale as of this week, and the early sales are going really, really well. So um, if you want to get out there to San Francisco, and I highly recommend you do, we're at, we're looking like we're going to be uh, hopefully going over there. Might even be putting on some events out there as well. Um, which will be an all-comers kind of uh, vibe. Come along and um, watch the game and then come and kind of we'll sort of have start a drink or something afterwards. or... Yeah, Sorry? Ba- yeah, basically, if you find us, we're either going to be podcasting or drinking responsibly. <laughs> but the, the format is going to be absolutely brutal. Um, it's basically a straight knockout, pretty much. Yeah, I've heard they have changed it a little bit because usually it's um, coinciding tournaments, isn't it? Yeah. So, mm, interesting. Uh, but we, but uh, not this time. But but tickets are now on sale and uh, should be absolutely incredible. So it's in July. It's in San Francisco for three days if you are interested in going. San Francisco is an amazing um, city anyway. But what's really cool about it is you can be on the, on the mountain Lake Tahoe skiing and then you can be in the city San Francisco and then you can go to the beach. So if you're thinking of a family holiday, tying in the Rugby World Cup sevens, could be a little bit of a shout for summer 2018. So yeah. uh, uh, get online and get involved. I'm trying to work out how I'm going to do this because I believe going to San Francisco for three days, for me, might be a little bit of a stretch too far. 
You know, there's only so much you can pretend to your other half that what we do down here is really work when you've gone to Madrid and Monaco and San Francisco and Chicago yeah. and New York twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. and Romania. Uh, so I think <laughs> I think I'm actually going to offer the holiday, right? And then stay there three days afterwards. I think that's a very shrewd move. And that, and that's kind of what my thinking is, just in general, for, for fellas who want to kind of incorporate the few days of partying, um, but get it past the misses. Yeah, I, 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 I think I might try something very similar. Yeah, I can't imagine our listeners are going to be quite quite of the understanding wives that we have, but still. And I'm also glad the listeners get to butt in on, uh, on our travel plans, you know, our pre-production meetings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, I, but I did uh, the West Coast of California last, uh, last no, earlier this year. And it is just, I, I would go back tomorrow. It is that stretch between San Francisco and Los Angeles. Oh my goodness me, it's amazing. So uh, and Yosemite and all the rest of it. So anyway, uh, I just wanted to flag that up. I'm not trying to be a... Um, a little tourist board here on the Egg Chasers podcast, but Sounds just like wanted to let people know tickets are on sale now. Excellent. Um, just before we go on to the next bit, what did you think of the actual event itself, as in the size of it? Because I was shocked. Well, the fact it was at the what Monte Carlo Bay, uh, Bay Casino Hotel or, uh, yeah, hotel yeah. And casino or whatever it was. Yeah. I wasn't aware that World Rugby or any awards ceremony was that size outside of, I don't know, uh, the football, whatever is it, Balloon d'Or or whatever that is, or the Oscars. Ballon d'Or, yeah. Yeah, Ballon d'Or, whatever it is. Um, it was absolutely immense in its scale. It really was. Now, you got quite an early flight back to the UK, so I'm imagining that there weren't many big names at the airport uh, when you wrong, went back to the airport. Wrong. So do you want to know my, uh, my story? Yeah, go on. So I get to the airport and... Uh, I'm kind of reading my book, the Tom English, there's a lot of plugs today, Tom English book, The Grudge, I recommend anyone get it who's into rugby, it's an amazing rugby book, and I look up, and who would who would be there, but uh, one Ronan O'Gara, I was like, oh, Ronan O'Gara, so I plucked up the, plucked up the, up the courage, went over to him, said, hello Ronan, big fan, obviously he's a very affable chap, isn't he? Uh, well, he wasn't this morning, because he was a little hungover. <laughs> But his wife was absolutely lovely. So I said hello, you know, uh, tried to get him on the rugby dungeon. That happened. And we went our separate ways. Then I sat down on the on the plane. And who would be sitting next to me? Ronan O'Gara. Rog. Yeah. But because I'm such a nice guy, his wife was sitting like three or four rows back. So I got up and said, would you like to... Uh, would you like to swap with me? I was tempted to sit next to him all, all journey and pester him, but I didn't. Oh, that will have gone down very well. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. So, good. Wait, who was well, at the airport in, when you were there? Uh, um, Mauro, Itoji and Owen Farrell just uh, ahead of me in secu- getting their, put, putting their bags through security. Did you say hello? But, uh, yeah, yeah, a little, little friendly nod. They, yeah, um, but they, they are just incredible specimens, just human beings. Um, mm. The shape they're in is frightening when you see these international players up close. Um, and John Eels. Yes. I wanted to talk about John Eels later. Chris uh, Chris Patterson had a little bit of a natter with him. Pret-a-Mon oh, I didn't see Chris Airport. Patterson. I think, he'd, I think he'd left by the time that we got got let into that room where, where everyone was having a good time, which we're not going to talk about, but there were lots of we well-known players having a very good time. Well, I think, no, I think we should give them their privacy. Well... 
let's play an interview and then we'll come back to it. Did we play in the main podcast our chat with Rico Ioani? I don't think we did, no. We did, didn't we? Richie, Eddie and Bowden. Yeah, so, world, world Breakthrough Player of the Year, Rico Ioani. No big deal. Here's Rico Ioani. Rico, congratulations on your awards. Uh, a pretty wild year it's been for you. Yeah, it has been a wild year. Uh, pretty disruptive the last couple of months, having a um, few injuries and a few sicknesses. But, um, yeah, to, to top the the, night, uh, the year off Sorry, last night with a win, and uh, obviously to pick this up is um, hugely rewarding. So, yeah. It must be pinch yourself kind of stuff. The, the, the life you live in, you're, you live in the dream. Mm, yeah, it is. It is really. Um, you know, young fella travelling around, playing in all the nice stadiums in front of big crowds, and um, yeah, I think can't complain. I think the only thing I'm really missing is uh, is my family and my friends and and, and my and my loved ones. So um, you know, that's the only sacrifice. Other than that, then yeah, can't really complain. Uh, yeah. Rico, speaking of which, one of our listeners was the chap who slept on the mattress in your house during oh, the Lions tour. Yeah, yeah. Old Alex. Alex. Yeah, old Alex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. What, what a story! Story. What a story! I love it. I love yeah. it. Nah, yeah, I remember him. He's, he's a good man, and obviously, um, if he's ever back in New Zealand, then yeah, would obviously. Oh, him now, Rico, you've done you've done Super Rugby, you've done the Lions, mm. you're finishing your tour. I'm guessing you're entitled to to to, to some time off now. Yeah. What are you going to be doing? Uh, well, actually, my partner's meeting me over in America. Uh, we're going to New York and LA for nice. for for a bit, um, just to kick the feet up, do a bit of shopping, and um, but then yeah, after that, just back back home. Um, what sort of things? Have, what sort of things have you got on your itinerary? Um, so we obviously got Disneyland. Um, she wants to do all the touristy stuff, Statue of Liberty, and you're the only person. You just want to do the roller coasters, yeah? Yeah, yeah that's, that's all. It. Rico's literally the only person that goes slower on a roller coaster than in real life. Oh, yeah, nah, it's, uh, can't say much to that, but um, yeah, just looking forward to the trip. Um, and then t- to have achieved what you have at a young age, uh, well, you've mentioned your family; they keep you uh, humble and stuff, but. Um, so much further to go. Yeah, I think um, I'm looking forward to seeing how how next year goes. Um, definitely going to work hard in this off season. Um, but then, yeah, I think now it'll be even harder to to do what to to do what I did this year. Next year, I think um, even at the rate that everyone's getting better, I think um, definitely going to be a tough year. But I'm definitely excited for the challenge, and yeah, looking forward to kicking on for a better 2018. Rico, thank you very much for your time. Um, just. Do you know, uh, there's that thing, that was Rico Ioani on the Egg Chasers podcast um, from the World Rugby Awards. There's that thing, isn't there, when people say, like, when the when the um, policemen start looking young, it's like, you sat next to Rico Ioani, when the, when the world international superstar rugby players start looking that young. Mate, it's amazing, isn't it? He is 20 years old. I mean, I was a complete idiot at 20 years old. I couldn't even yeah. tie my bloody laces at 20 years old. <laughs> yeah um but what yeah what what a frightening talent um he really is do you know really there is. is a certain thing isn't there about playing in the all blacks or high level international rugby and the players on the fit on the field are fearless you do get the impression and you, you don't get the impression from this from the sevens players and the women's players but you do get it from the you know the big big teams that they're almost worried about slipping up do you know when you're interviewing them yeah, I know. I, I do know what you mean. Like, yeah, be cautious. Be cautious. Don't say anything. Don't 
be controversial. Don't say you hate the Australians. God, don't say you hate the Australians. You know, it- well, I, I suppose that, that that format, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I feel very lucky and privileged and it was uh, it was re- a real pleasure to be in the company of these great people but when you just get a little snippet of them it just makes you think i'd love to sit and have a coffee and just yes just exactly gradually just gradually get to a, a conversational level that you get with people because i'm sure the stories that they have to tell would be amazing but you know that'll be another day exactly mate. exactly um let's go to another interview now uh, we uh, Go I, I, I want to find out. So, um, other people in the airport, right? Um, oh yeah, go Stephen Moore. St- Stephen Moore was in there. Okay, um, cool. Tim 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 Visser was in there. T Viss was there. T Viss was there. So I didn't I che- see I, him. You know, I, I checked in on him with uh, checked in on him to make sure that um, he's good for my fantasy team. All it, good. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> um, who else? Who else? Who else? Um, Oh, there was a bite. Anyway, so it was a good time to do it. it short, like short, loads of old legends, Sean Fitzpatrick. And I mentioned John Eels. What was it you wanted to talk about John Eels? Just how regarding? bizarre it was because we got... Uh, no, I'm going to say it. So after we finished interviewing, we were ushered into the main room and had a few champagnes. And it was it was just bizarre. It, uh, this is so cliche to say this. It was like having a dream. And you turn around <laughs> and you bump into John Eels. Like, John Eels? Huh? Uh, and you literally could not move towards the end of the night for people that you're not sure. And this is the worst bit as well. I know some people in that room. I've either interviewed them or I know them like they work for World Rugby or, you know, there is some connection and even more so for you. And I'm sure this has happened to you a load of times. So when you turn around and you catch someone's eye, you have to make an instant split decision. Do you know that person or do you not and carry on? And it's really, really tough. Yeah, and also just in that sort of scenario when you you sort of turn around and you bump into someone or go the other way, when it's someone who you've seen since you were a kid, yeah, uh, you just you can't help but go, "Hey, how you doing? You're right. Well, how's it going?" Yeah. So the worst one, right, is if you do know someone, but yet you're in I don't know you mode. So you turn around and you've just seen I don't know. Let's just make it up. You've just seen Brian O'Driscoll, who he wasn't there. You know you don't know Brian O'Driscoll, but you recognise him and then you go, okay, just act cool and you carry on. Then you turn around and you see someone that you do know and you go, oh God, and you carry on moving. And then you realise you've been rude and then you've got to double back like an idiot and say, sorry, I do know you. Hi, how are you? How's it going? Blah, blah, blah. It's a, it's a weird, <laughs> weird thing. Weird for us. The, the, what, was, what was really cool about seeing uh, all these rugby legends and rugby players in situ was just the, the mutual respect and, and how at ease everyone is with each other in I wonder, that I wonder how they that got fr- that, that that fraternity of rugby yeah I wonder how they got that at, uh, at ease at 12 at night in Monte Carlo <laughs> casino anyway uh, enough of that um, right let's go with another interview let's go with probably my favourite interview uh, of the night very very nice lady indeed Rachel Burford who uh, won the Merit Award alongside the great Richie McCaw Indeed. So here we go, Rachel Burford. <laughs> uh, there we go. Right, we're rolling. Rachel Burford, congratulations on your award. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, really honoured and a little bit um, surreal at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's fair to say this this whole event's pretty surreal. I mean, it's, it's from what it was last year to where it is now. It, it kind of, kind of like the women's game. You know, the growth is just huge. 
Yeah, I mean, this venue is absolutely beautiful. It's absolutely stunning set. And uh, well, Rugby have done an extremely good job in, in getting everybody here as well. And yeah, and it does reflect women's rugby at the moment that it's going from strength to strength. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty privileged to be a part of during that time and, and to see it happening as well is pretty special. So, do you set, uh, what goals have you, well, personally and, and the collectively the side, set for this, this upcoming period now? Um, so we've just come off the back of uh, the autumn series, which we won 3-0, um, but we weren't from the perfect product at all. We're a new side, we've got a lot of new talent coming through, really exciting and good talent. Um, but now all our focus goes towards Six Nations and retaining that title, and we know how hard that's going to be um, with our usual suspects and being the, the toughest games. And um, of the, the senior side, I suppose probably the way you described your autumn series is probably similar to England. Job done, but plenty to do. How do you think they're doing? Yeah, I think the men, they're going from strength to strength and it's inspiring to see and, and to share that culture with them is really, really good. But they'll be on the same page as us. It's one job's done and then you move on to the next. You don't stay in that bubble and um, you just keep pushing forward and keep trying to get better. You, oh, go on, Jay. Sorry. Now, you're one of the handful of individuals in the world that knows what it's like to play in a World Cup final. Um, tell me a little bit about the experience and particularly the build-up. How does that feel? Well, we try and manage the build-up as the same as any other game because you don't kind of want to get too emotional or too wrapped up in it all. But, you know, at the same time, you need to take it all in. It is such a special achievement to get to that point. You know, you've got to beat some incredible teams to get to that point. I always remember, you know, running out of those occasions and literally smiling and looking around the stadium because you've got to soak it in. You've got to appreciate your achievement. Um, and then as soon as the anthem start, you know, you can feel the sort of hairs on the back of your, your neck stick up and you, all you want to do is get out there and play and play the best that you can. And, and that's kind of all you start to think is about. It just becomes another game. You, you don't have World Cup final going around in your head, but you know that it's a critical one to win. Now, not to get too micro about the whole thing, but I always like to know, in, in, in dressing rooms, who are the talkers? Are you one of them? Um, every now and then I might chip in, um, but we've got a few players, you know, that that real, re, are real leaders within our side. You know, Katie's Amy McLean is one of those, and she's really prolific in that. Yeah, she's a real strong leader, and people listen to her and listen to her. And um, you know, Sarah Hunter, our captain at the moment. We've got Danielle Waterman. There's a lot of senior sides. Rochelle Clark. I mean, she's got 131 caps. I think she knows what she's talking about. And, um, so yeah, we've got a real strong group of um, strong leaders. But at the same time, we've got young talent like a Sarah Byrne. And when she says something, people listen. And, and it's small talk and it's information that people need during that little time and, and sometimes it's just a little in somebody's ear that can help or it's actually addressed to the whole group. Do you have a character that headbutts the walls? <laughs> um, probably Marley Packer. She's not headbutting the balls. She's normally being sick in the bathroom just before the game, get, you know, getting her nerves out of the way. I, I actually hate players that do that, you know. <laughs> I, I really do. I love you they, they always make it the loudest wretching in the world as well. It's not yeah, like a quiet bit, is it? Yeah, it's yeah. like... Well, but it's kind of, they've got to infringe on your warm-up. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> True. Uh, and as for as for the night tonight, um, have you... I don't know how you play it. When you're, when you're an international player, like you say, World Cup finals and you're winning awards tonight, it must be tempting, though, when Richie McCorville's passed to go, can I have a selfie, Richie? Yeah, well, at the moment, I'm sitting next to him tonight, and it's a bit like, <laughs> what is going on? Like you said, this whole night is surreal, and it is. Uh, yeah, to be amongst some like, this whole room is full of incredible people that are involved in the sport that we all love but to be next to one of the greatest people that I've always looked up to it, yeah I do want to ask him for himself if, but I'm going to play it cool yeah I'll oh, come on there forget <laughs> that he's, he's all good well listen Rachel um, well done on your awards 
good luck in the uh, in the championship coming up ahead. And uh, thanks for your time. Thank you very much. There we go. Right, so a little bit awkward that one because as Rachel sat down, I had on my phone Rachel Burford, right? As in, it looked like I was searching for Rachel Burford to do a Google search, which I yeah, wasn't. Yeah, just a little bit of background, not, not wanting to, just, just in case the name isn't completely familiar uh, to some to, to, a, to a listener perhaps, 72 England caps since 2006. Yes. Um, and uh, play, and, and in the, um, in, played both codes in World Cups, played in World Cup finals, as you heard in the interview. So um, anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah. So as she sat down, it looked as if I was Googling her because I didn't know who she was. What I was actually doing is putting her name in to Facebook Live. So it came up as Rachel Burford when the when we went live and, and did the did the interview. And then I had to kind of do this thing do when you got a backtrack. Go, no, no, no. I, I wasn't Googling you. I was um, I was doing it as doing the, as Facebook. I was looking up on Facebook, which is even worse. I wasn't looking up on Facebook. What I meant to say is I was trying to put her name onto Facebook Live. But there we go. That's how you embarrass yourself in front of a... Uh, oh, I, I wish I had Googled her now. I could have... Uh, <laughs> I, I, we, we were both born in the same hospital down in Kent. So uh, Oh, you, you guys should hang anyway. out more. Yeah, we should hang out. That's you know, with uh, you know, background like that. Anyway, um, so yeah, she was th- she was thoroughly lovely. Yes, complete completely agreed. And hopefully, she'll be on the rugby dungeon very very soon. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, let's have a look. What else do we have left in our locker here, Tim? We've we got- have one of the the finest sevens athletes ever. Oh, we've got KT. I was going to leave him right until the end. Okay, all right. Carlton Arna to look forward to. He was a character. Yeah, awesome. Like He's an example of when you retire and you don't care how about being media trained, you can say what the hell you want. Yeah, he's a good bloke. He's a real good bloke, actually. Uh, I suspect you'll be hearing more of him on our podcast soon. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Uh, last one. Uh, who was the most impressive person that you shook hands with, Tim? The most impressive person that I shook hands with. Mm-hmm. Um. By what measure? Just impressive. Just awe-inspiringly impressive. Well, Richie McCaw. Richie McCaw for you. That was cool. I've got to say, nothing is nothing is quite like shaking the hand of Jamie Cudmore and having a chat. Nothing. Oh yeah, I, I didn't meet. I didn't bump into him. Oh, uh, you, you'd know if you bumped into Jamie Cudmore. Yeah. So um, I introduced myself. Thankfully, he remembered, so it, it wasn't that imba- that 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 humiliating. And uh, now, we did listen, the... listen, listen. I'm I'm a little bit conscious, Jay, that we're going to sound like absolute bellend. Do you know what? Good. Good. <laughs> uh, I'm not, we're not name. We we we. If it sounds like name dropping, that is not the intention. No, it is. We're trying to share. 
we're trying to share. I'm not trying to name drop. I'm trying, to, but I am trying to uh, paint a little picture of an experience from the perspective of oh, fans, I two guess. fans, two fans who are have been somehow we were in this room with these heroes, and and that's and that's the perspective I'm coming from. I I, I don't want to sound like uh, we did this. That's not the point. We're actually trying to share. Well, this experience. I did do this, and uh, call it sharing if you want, call it bragging if you want. I'm not that bothered. Um, <laughs> as as I as I shook J- Jamie Kedmore's <laughs> hand, did the um, you know the uh, <clears throat> what's the word for it? Like the mutual, like oh, like you slap someone's arm at the same time. My word, my word. He is such an enormous man. It is it is hard to quantify using standard measures of physics. See, I'm just imagining it's that scene out of Predator. Dylan, you <laughs> son of a bitch. That bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But only one, only one of the guys was massive. <laughs> Me. So, oh, wow. What a, what a guy. Yeah. How uh, did I miss him? Uh, See, I was, out, I, I, was out, I was out grabbing all the kit from the media room. And I thought you were right behind me. And then about 10 minutes later, you came out going, oh, where, where were you? Jamie Cudmore. Jamie Cudmore. Said loads of Jamie Cudmore. It was amazing. It was totally amazing. Yeah. Uh, a little bit <laughs> starstruck about Jamie, Jamie Cudmore. As, as I should be. Absolutely. Yeah. Quite right. Quite right. All right. Well, I think people have heard enough about us chat on about the Rugby Awards. Shall we leave them with Carl Tamana? And after Carl Tamana, uh, that'll be it. That is your lot. Until... Carl... We... Carl Tanana. T- what... Tanana, I don't call him Tamana. Tanana, uh, yeah. ten, ten, uh, not unlike Tamana Harrison. No, it's Carl Tanana, and Carl Tanana is a um, well, he played Super Rugby, played for the Highlanders a few times before, and very quickly um, sevens became his game. He is a, a big, big boy, six foot four, um, and um, he was he, he and was even taller with his hair. His Sorry, and even taller with his hair. Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, but he is one of the most complete sevens athletes ever. <clears throat> New Zealand captain, Commonwealth Games champion, um, legend of the game of sevens. And so, again, with the fact that sevens has had a, a massive year or so with the Olympics, it's got the Commonwealth Games coming up um, in over the next year, the World Cup in San Francisco, and the new seven series starting in a week or two. Um, it was brilliant. We had a quite an extended chat with Carl Tanana, who just finished his duties uh, interviewing some of these players himself. And then he cracked open a Heineken and came and sat down with us. Yeah, this is when we did have a drink. So this is right at the end. And yeah, it's good. Um, right, this will be the last interview here. So remember, we are having another podcast this week to talk about the predictions for the Premiership and talk about the results from last week's Premier Premiership. And... Well, and also it's and also it's going to act as um, kind of a therapeutic process for Phil. We're going to try and counsel him as well and get him through, get him back on back on his feet. Yeah, and I guess a lot of reasons for this podcast is so we can get all of the rugby awards out of our system, so we don't have to bang on about it every other time ad nauseum for all of our fans to hear. In fact, we'll just save that for when you meet us in person. <laughs> Let's do that. So you can find us on Acast. You can find us. Uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, do all those things. Uh, on on uh, uh, on Apple Podcasts too, of course. But here is uh, our last interview with Kong Tanana. Um, I will see you, and so will Tim, probably tomorrow. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. 
Delicious. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We, are we rolling? We're rolling. Awesome. Oh, yeah, we are. There you are. Carlton Anna, welcome to the Egg Chasers podcast. Um, just got, well, is it the end or the start of the night now? Well, to be fair, um, we started a long time ago and I know I've been working, but it sort of hasn't, you know, finished. <laughs> just, just tell me, what, what, what's, what's, the, what's the theory behind the name? Is Egg Chasers not a word? Does that not... Oh, no, I like it. I just want to know where it come from. Oh, yeah, it's cool. I've I've seen seen you blokes, but I I just want to know where the Egg Chasers come from. I I think it's like the kind of derogatory term footballers use, isn't it, for for, for, for rugby players? Oh, really? That's that's not something they get called in New Zealand, then? Egg Chasers, no. Well, no, because it's the main sport, isn't it? So you wouldn't be called an Egg Chaser because... Everyone's an Egg Chaser. Yeah, yeah. Probably called footballers Marble Chasers. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah. (laughs) So that's where that comes from. Yeah, it's it's something that... um, Soccer players, footballers used to, to give us a bit of stick. Well, that's them. Yeah, yeah. It's them, you know. I mean, yeah. you, you put them in our situation, I think it'd be totally different. Yeah. I, I reckon we'd dominate them. I, I, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, completely. We should be chasing the eggs after we play a game of oh, football. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> we've, we've, got, we've got a big, uh, a massive year ahead, mm. which is going to have that huge moment in July in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, um, we've got the World Series starting up next week, obviously. I mean, we've got the Commonwealth Games and... And, um, and Gold Coast, and then we, we ended it all up with the, the World Cup in San Francisco, you know. So, I mean, Sevens, I think, and we're seeing tonight, like, the amount of players who've been nominated uh, for awards, won awards, have been part of Sevens, gone on to 15s and vice versa and come back. I mean, I, I just think the Sevens has got so much to be able to transition over. Yeah, you know, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it's like, as 15s kind of grows bigger and bigger and bigger, in terms of the stature of the players and the physicality, it's almost like an outlet for players who... That bit more, bit quicker. That 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 bit more skillful. You know, you can see the two games almost diverging now. Yeah, and I, and, 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 and I know sevens is going to, you know, being an Olympic sport, it is diverging, and I mean, um, it's going to become a specialist sport for some people. I mean, a guy like Perry Baker won sevens Player of the Year. I mean, he's a prime example. You chuck him in a fifteen-a-side team, probably not so great. Chuck him in a sevens-side, he's the best player in the world. Mm. Rico Ioane. I mean, that guy learned his trade in sevens. You know, was outstanding there. Comes over, plays for the All Blacks, and now he's, you know, the breakout player of the year and, and nominated for World Player of the Year for the men's side. You know, so I mean, um, transferable skills, and, and, and I know it's horses for courses, and there's some freaks like Reeks that's going to be good regardless. You know, but I mean, um, the amount of guys, Bodie Barrett, another guy's doubled up um, World 15 side Player of the Year. He actually played sevens and, and had a ground in there as well before he went on to the 15s and in the All Blacks. You know, so I mean. Um, it's just, just, it's really cool to see, you know. And I think you, you freaks like reeks. I quite, I think that's catchy. Like, there we go. Freak like reeks. There we go. There'll be people wearing t-shirts with that. You need, you need to get that I, I reckon we, I reckon we copyright that. Yeah, and that start. done. Yeah, done. right. Profit share. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, 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 no, I, I think it shows. As you say, it's quite difficult for a lot of players to transition from one code from one uh, form of the game to the other, and yeah. it just shows. If you're using the word freak, Leonie Nakarawa is an absolute freak of a human being. Mate, I mean, aren't all Fijians? I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I never met a slow one yet when they play in the forwards or in the, in the backs. But yeah, I mean, um, he, he's a guy, you know, like um, I love watching him play, you know, like, and then they just sort of have that sort of freedom where they can have that uh, sort of balance where they can just produce something from nothing, you know what I mean? And and I know back where they're from in Fiji, like that's what they sort of, that's just their natural game. But I think when they get them a situation with teams that give them a little bit of structure as well, that's when they really go over the top and really become world class, you know? Mm. Just moving away from like sevens and rugby, just tell me about your day to day because it, it's it's a weird position that you find yourself in here. Yeah, I mean, um, t- 
to, to be fair, you know, like finished playing football and uh, rugby, yeah. <laughs> and then um, you know, like got into the TV stuff and, and and worked really hard, and then got on the world rugby buzz, and then next minute I get an email saying you want to come to Monaco and do a rugby awards. I mean, like pretty tough gig, but honestly, I thought okay, I'll do it. Otherwise, I'll be in probably a place like Invercargill in the South Island of New Zealand. <laughs> um, you know, and, and just like I, um, I had a, I, I, I had a dream. Like I, I was, when I come here, I thought, right, I knew the the, the prince was going to be, here, I knew the princess was going to be here, and um, I thought, right, my whole goal is just to get a selfie with the princess. Have you done it? Honestly, I, without a word of a lie, like I, I, I was in the um, I was in the pool area the other day, two days ago, and I was um, sunbathing, and um, <clears throat> and I saw this. This, this person swimming, gliding through the water. And I said, oh, she's, she's a good swimmer. And I didn't realise afterwards that um, it was the princess because she was an Olympic swimmer, yeah, for South Africa. Was she? Yeah. Did not know that? Yes. And then I thought, wow, far out. And then I was, I was dark because I would have chased her and <laughs> done a bomb and stopped there and had a selfie. <laughs> but then um, I, was, I went to the toilet and come out and I was just sort of waiting there talking to someone and she all the bodyguards come through. And uh, I said, oh, she's, I'm just going to get a selfie. This is my moment. And then she looked up and she goes, oh, you were at the pool the other day. And I was like, oh, mate, I'm in there. I'm in there. So I said, oh, sorry, princess. It's all right if I have a photo. She's like, so accommodating. Come up. Yeah. Had That's a photo. pretty cool. I, I actually think she liked me. Oh, <laughs> I'm not sick. I'm not sick. She goes, you were a rugby player. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> this is a, cra- a crazy place, isn't it? Well, that's what I mean. Like, you can come to a place like this, you run into royalty, and you can have a photo with them. I mean, you walk down the road, there's Porsches, there's Lamborghinis, there's, you know, there's everything, there's houses driving past that I can't afford. It's just so insane, you just got to shake your head and go, mate, this is crazy. And, and, and you know what? The worst thing is, I have to put an invoice in. <laughs> the, the, it's not the worst part. It's not the worst part. <laughs> the, the, the players are becoming absolute superstars now. But what always impresses me, um, it's not not just New Zealand, but the young New Zealand guys, guys like Bowden Barrett and Riku Iwani, the award winners tonight. You couldn't find more humble. They are actually, aren't they? That, that really is, are. That, it, we, I mock them mercilessly for being humble and all of the culture stuff. It's, it is nonsense. But when <laughs> but when you meet them, they are. They're just normal, yeah. nice, yeah. very yeah. humble guys. Yeah, uh, I'll chuck Mario Toje in there as well. You know, I mean that bloke. Yeah, I, like, like, like I met him this year, uh, first time over the Lions tour, and um, man, honestly, I, I actually think I, I thought he was hard done by. I thought he might have been. He was my pick to get the Player of the Year because um, I know he was good from the England jersey, but he went in that Lions tour, missed out in the first test, come in the second test and changed the game. And I think that, yeah, you know, and the bloke in the middle of the park who can do that for a young bloke, um, breakthrough player of the last year. As you say, humble, but just um, I heard he got got the um, got the pip because he didn't start the first test. Went out to the coaches, proved during the week against the Maldives. I want to start the second test. Got the second test, changed changed the tour. I think personally, and then um, the third test would have could have gone either way. Ended up a draw, but it easily could have gone either way, you know. So, I mean, like you say, these young blokes coming through, and I think it's a thread like Eddie Jones and uh, Steve Hansen really um, accentuate with their size, you know, like. Express yourself, be be awesome on the field, but you know on the flip side of that, you've got to be humble and realise, you know, there's a lot of hard work going into it, and I think that's something that both Steve and, and Eddie really really push, and I think that, that's great, you know. Yeah, well, it works for them. Yeah, yeah, and and, 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 I, and I will give the props to the English team, you know. I mean, they got nominated for the team of the year this year, but um, you know, I think the way they've sort of approached it, you know, and what Eddie's instilled in them. I mean, really has changed them. He's given them a self-belief, you know, and I think they're not that far away. You know, I think that they basically had the same team that, you know, previously before Eddie got there, you know, and they sort of didn't sort of get over the top, if you know what I mean. So 
I mean, it's, it's interesting just someone comes in and changes their mindset, you know, be a bit more humble but still work hard and, and do those sort of things. Where do you view Seven's professionalism compared to, uh, compared to, fi- to 15's now? To be honest, I think well, I can talk from New Zealand point of view. Both of them are very, very, very um, tough. No, I think they're very much on the same level. You know, I think the All Blacks have got a lot of, like, uh, I think, you know, like when I was playing, we, we did a lot of stuff and, and um, outside of football and um, talking about better blokes, better team and all that sort of carry on. And I think Graham Henry sort of really took a, a leaf out of that and used Gordon Titchens to bring that in and, and, and Shag, Steve Hansen, has, has brought that on as well. You know, and I think that's, that, that's something that we probably sort of identified a little while ago that, you know, like you can't be too rugby um, focused. I mean, in previous All Black teams, we probably were, and we got the arrogance. And yeah. it got too one-sided, if you know mm. what I mean, and people started hating us, you know, and, 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 and I don't think that was a good thing, so they sort of evened it up. And I think that's a big thing when the All Blacks went to the World Cup in England. Straight away, they got off the plane, went to the media, went to the crowds, and tried to win them over. And I think the English media were very, very, um, very, very um, um, accommodating to the New Zealand I team. Was, I think they were starstruck, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think, I'll give you, and I, and I will say this again for, for Gats, when he came to the Lions, he did the exact same thing. Mm. Like, he, he, he took that Lions team, they went and did all the, the multi porphities and really engaged in the media and the fans, and they won them over. Like, that Lions tour was absolutely brilliant. The way um, New Zealand was really... Um, Warm to the to, to the Lions supporters. I mean, it was it was brilliant because I mean New Zealand supporters are notoriously arrogant. Even I'll admit that. And after the first test, the whole of New Zealand said, "Look, they're actually really good people. This is a really good team. You got to give them a respect." Do you know? I, I think what you're talking about there with the Lions. Do you know where I think a lot of that comes from? It's leadership of Sam Warburton. It's yeah. like being led by, you know. Some sort of statesman, yeah. <laughs> and then there was a lot of contention there with him getting yeah. the getting the, the captaincy, you know, I for the like, tour. Seems like genius, yeah, you know. But I, I think that's the thing get sort of realised, you know what I mean? Because he'd been on the Lions tour before, you know, he knew how harsh it was, you know. So I think the way Gats went about, and he got so much stick. I know he got stick in New Zealand because he was a New Zealander, you know. And New Zealanders knew he was good, so that's why they tried to unsettle him, you know. And to his credit, yeah. like he took it, he took it on the chin, he took some personal stuff. Well, he gets he gets stick in the UK too. Yeah, I think people forget he's what a top three coach of all, of all yeah. time now. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. you stack up all the things that he's won, it's uh, it's hard to disagree with that. In fact, coaches is probably New Zealand's um, biggest export well, um, lamb. product, isn't it? Lamb, <laughs> lamb, and lamb and rugby coaches. Lamb, butter, milk. Yeah. It's cheaper in the UK than it is back at home. I'll tell you what. But is it? yeah, yeah, hard out. But I, I, how's this? Like, I talk about um, Joe Smith, yeah. Irish coach. He was actually my um, teacher in my intermediate. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he was my he was my teacher at Monrad Intermediate in Palmerston North, and now he's the Irish coach. And so, do you do you give him credit for how for how you, for how you played your rugby, or did he hold you back? <laughs> Mate, you put me in detention a lot, so I don't know if that's holding back or disciplining. What for? What for? Can you remember a time so that you did? I'm not so doing homework. <laughs> I hate homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But honestly, like Smithy, he's he's a really astute bloke, and I. I um yeah I can see why he's been so successful you know and he's a guy that um oh, we we'll give him a stick but he he's a, he was a teacher that I really loved you know and he, and he really really brought the best out of you I think that's been the secret and all the good coaches sort of seem to have a, a teaching background at some stage you know what I mean did, did you just say that he's fairly strict yeah no he was he was strict back in the day yeah I don't know I mean I don't know what he's like now I, I'm not sure but no it, it, it 
it's just it's, it's just interesting because I think that's a side of rugby that people don't really appreciate enough, which is like the, you know the structure and the, you know the di- like 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 the discipline it gives kids, and sometimes it's actually that strictness which is of in- incredible importance. Yeah, and, and I think that's the beauty of, of, of rugby. I mean, it's, it's not about yourself. You know, you got you got to sacrifice. I think that's the thing I try to project when I go talk to kids and, and, and what I found successful throughout my career. And I think a lot of other people would say that as well. You know, I mean. Um, to be able to go into an environment and sometimes you're not as good as someone and you try to strive better or maybe you're better than someone try to help them to get up and all those team ethos sort of things and I think that's where the All Blacks have what we spoke about before built their, their, their foundations on mm. you know and I, and I think that's, that, that's the beauty of rugby you know Carl I've, I've noticed one worrying trend uh, in rugby union so you know there's so many positive things but um, some really bad haircuts so you're looking at me when no, you say no, that? No, certainly not. <laughs> certainly not. Certainly well, not. name name someone so we can um, diss them. Can we who, talk who? about Aaron Smith? Is Aaron it? Smith, come on, mate. Um, Read it. Yeah, no. What you know? What he's copying Artie Savi, and Artie's got his he's got a 45 degree angle <laughs> no, lean. He's got a leaning tower of pizza going. For some reason, it works for Artie Savi. I yeah, don't know if, why. Yeah. It doesn't work for, for Aaron Smith. No, but Artie's he's a free spirit. And you know that. You know he's he's into his dancing. He does it on social media. But I mean, um, as a yeah, um, mate, no good. Absolutely no so, good. So, I, I think that's a big takeaway. So we, we, next time you're back in New Zealand, next time you catch up with him, just just have a little word, yeah. Mate, we'll send the emails. We're telling them. Like, like, we'll, we'll tell the coach. I mean, yeah. Akita <laughs> Yoan. Yeah, yeah, well, Akita Yoan is another one. He, he's got a shocker of a do. I mean, <laughs> honestly, and and and, and, and Shag, Steve had told him like cut your hair, and he's still rolling around with it. I mean, I it don't doesn't know how it, it doesn't strike me as very humble. No, the co- the, Steve Hansen said to him about his barnet yeah yeah he said mate cut it off it's, it's ridiculous and I, and, and, and I saw Akita at one game in New Zealand and he goes he even said like mate Shay told me to cut it and I said <laughs> uh, why don't you cut it <laughs> <laughs> mate you've got to have some gang to have a do you know what I mean like you got to be you got to be good you it was like back good. in the days when uh, when the coloured boots started if you were a forward mm. and you dared to wear coloured boots you had to be really good exactly and, and, and his back's always black because we never got in, especially wingers no rucks and you've got black boots, no one can see you. you, know, you, you like this, if you've got coloured boots, you, you can see how little yeah, you're doing. Exactly. Well, I, I, find, <laughs> I, I find it's weird now, right, that, um, that, that players don't have white boots. I, I actually feel that the black boot is almost like a rarity. You, know, like, you see someone with black boots now, it looks like they're wearing Doc, like Doc Martens. You know, so, <laughs> you know, you think, what's going on here? No, particularly when the, um, when the All Blacks had those, those matching matte black yeah, boots. Yeah, it looked like they yeah. were wearing school shoes. Yeah, it, it yes. was all in black, wasn't it? Oh, hey, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, you're right. It's like they, we we called them nomads back in the day, and they had these thick soles. And yeah, yeah like you say, it's like going to school. All you need is a backpack and be in detention with me and Joe Smith. Well, listen, <laughs> I think we've got to go and put the world to rights. We've got to go and. Uh, we've got. I've got one last oh, question. Yeah, right. Don't want to take it off to, on, onto too serious a tangent, but I'm, you go. I'm going. Do it. And feel free not. Not to answer. Yeah. Autobots or Decepticons? <laughs> You've seen the earrings, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> Man, Decepticon, Megatron. Oh, God, I haven't seen the earrings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Megatron. You, you, I, I love a Transformer. Sorry, I, I do. I'm a Transformer kid. And um, I was Optimus Prime boy for years. But then I sort of, when I grew up, like, all the cool Transformers are Decepticons. Do you know what? They can all fly and they all, you know? It's exactly the same with WWE. All, all the cool guys are heels. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, Megatron, he's the man. Like, I've, I've tried to change my name to Megatron. <laughs> the wife said, you're, you're a twat. There was an American football There's an American football club. Yeah, that's what I got on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. playing for the Lions. Calvin, yeah. Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, I copied him. 
<laughs> we have uh, we have taken some wonderful tangents. Uh, Carlton Anna, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Tom. Man, let's right now. We need to go Just, get. We need you. to go find Steve Hansen and talk about uh, talk about that haircut. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.